Blog Talk Radio. Rifleman Radio Show on Appleseed Radio. Appleseed Radio was sponsored by the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. <clears throat> they also sponsor the Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship Program, which is a program dedicated to teaching the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship program in the U.S. today, and at the same time <clears throat> honoring the men and women who stood together on April 19, 1775. Well, folks, we just had our signature weekend. We had the April 17th and 18th weekend, the Patriots Day weekend. We had over 100 shoots nationwide, border to border, coast to coast. And it has been a stunning success again, as it has been the last few years. And we're hoping that you guys are going to call in and tell us all about the individual stories, the individual stories of the different uh, the different events across the nation. Let me give you the call-in number now. It's 347 308 8790 347-308-8790. Uh, and I don't know how the how the sound is going to be tonight on the show or how the uh, the the functioning of the show as far as the software and stuff is going to be going tonight. I don't know because uh, it is sure acting hinky again. <clears throat> the uh, the programs took forever to load up, and I just got the 
the online to open. And the sound sounded strange. So if uh, if it sounds a little bit strange or something's going on, that uh, obviously that has something to do with the the program software. All right, once again, if you'd like to call into the show, because what we'd like to do is we'd like to hear uh, from as many people as possible tonight about their individual events, how they went, uh, <clears throat> like I said, the success stories, the individual success stories from each of the events. And you're welcome to call in at 347-308-8790. Okay, hold on just a minute. Let me make sure that we have the the online chat. It seems like it's working. <clears throat> All right, I was at uh, Fredericksburg this weekend, Fredericksburg, Texas. We had a great event there. Uh, we actually had, uh, and this was the inaugural event. This is the first shoot that we've had at uh, at Fredericksburg, and uh, it, I think it went really well. We had a, a large group that was registered for it, and then... Uh, Uh, over 75 people had registered for the event, and uh, there had been a glitch in the uh, in the uh, the event information page. The line was really only meant to hold about uh, 40 folks, and uh, so we had a few extra. Or we thought we were going to have a few extra, and uh, we got some good help from the uh, from the Lord above. What he did is uh, he sent some rain Friday night, and then some rain early Saturday morning. And uh, that went ahead, and that kind of uh, winnowed out uh, some of the folks who uh, might have been slackers. And uh, we ended up with approximately 45 people. So we made that, we squeezed them all in, and we made it work. And it was an absolutely great event. Uh, We made uh, one rifleman during the event. But we had, uh, and as I tell instructors uh, that I'm working with who are getting ready to do shoots, folks who haven't done a lot of shoots, every event, every apple seed, is a different beast. It's uh, no two apple seeds are the same, and you have to alter your instructional techniques to fit the group that you're with. Uh, if you're with a group of, uh, you have a strong line of shooters, a uh, strong line of folks who have a lot of experience, then uh, you can go into high speed. Uh, and the other side of the spectrum is that if you have a uh, a line full of folks who uh, who are maybe just taking those rifles those brand-new rifles out of the boxes for the first time, and they're sitting there with the instructions, looking at the instructions and, and looking at that rifle with that kind of uh, glazed look in their eyes, trying to uh, discern the inner workings, the mysteries of the rifle. And, you know, that that line is going to go a little bit slower. And we had a little bit slower line in Fredericksburg, but we had a great group of folks at the same time. All of the folks were committed to uh, to making the most of the day, learning as much as they could. They loved hearing the history. They were very attentive during the history, and uh, the event went really well. <clears throat> All right, uh, I'm going to start right off the bat here with uh, with grabbing some callers, <clears throat> so we can get this ball rolling. Uh, area code seven one two. You're on the air. Area code seven one two two four nine. You're on the air. 
All right. How about area code 361? You're on the air. Howdy, Scout. Hey, Pop. How's it going? Hey, great. <laughs> Pop was, I heard uh, you talking about Fredericksburg there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his Pop was scheduled to work with me uh, at Fredericksburg at, for the inaugural shoot because Pop did uh, uh, a lot of the, uh, the pre-work. Pop, Ron Smith, uh, Tanya Benson, uh, did a lo- these three guys worked hard to get the, the shoot put together. And then at the last minute, Pop just decided that everyone in Fredericksburg stinks, and he went to a different shoot. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, we needed you know, that, that. I heard you told that, that story I, to the Fredericksburg. I told I it 25 or 30 times. I told, oh, I told everybody what you thought about them. Oh, Actually, Pop knew that oh. we needed a, uh, a, a instructor to shoot boss the Corpus Christi event. And uh, I asked Pop to do that, and he willingly took that responsibility on, and they had a great shoot in uh, Corpus, uh, from what I've read so far. Pop, tell us about how the shoot in Corpus went. Well, it was uh, just excellent. I mean, the the weather held out for us. We had rain Friday and up until early Saturday morning, and by the time we got to the range, uh, the sun was shining. Uh, we already had the uh, the firing the target line set up, and so it was just a matter of uh, let the shooters arrive and sign them in and get busy and we had uh, we had six shooters uh, with us uh, one of whom uh, scored a 226 Sunday afternoon on his fourth AQT uh, and became I guess Corpus Christi's fourth rifleman and uh, uh, we're real proud of him so we expect uh, he's gonna come back and start instructing with us here next month I'll bet you and everybody else had a great time um, to, to a number. Everybody said, boy, we just learned so much and had no idea about our country's history. Uh, and just really, it's, it's like an awakening here. So I'm looking for some good things down here. I'm glad you all had a good time, uh, good shoot up there at Fredericksburg as well. Well, we did. And uh, you say you had, what was the total number of folks for the the Corpus event? Say it again. What was the total number of folks you had for the Corpus event? Uh, well, we had we had six on the line. We could we could hold actually twenty five or thirty uh, if I put us in a different bay. But uh, heck yeah, we could we got lots of room. Well, good, good. And when is the next event in Corpus? The next event is May twenty two twenty three. No, that's not right. That's Shreveport, uh, May 15, 16, here in Corpus. And so uh, uh, I think BDG is going to come up and shoot with us. And uh, uh, IQ will not be with us that weekend. Believe it. Believe that. That that little feller is graduating from high school. And so his his mama said, told him that he couldn't do Appleseed that weekend. He was going to have to walk. To get his diploma, and he he didn't really understand that. I don't either, but oh well, mom, mamas are like that. So uh, he he uh, he's gonna graduate instead of apple seeds. So anyway, but we're looking for a good shoot uh, in Shreveport coming up. Uh, be the Shreveport's first shoot with uh, Don and Johnny and. Uh, 
I think Mark Alonzo told me he would shoot boss the thing for us, so that'll be good. And Spit Stickler and uh, either uh, 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 Double L or Star Fox, one of the two is going to come. So we'll have a good uh, uh, showing of uh, instructors, and I really expect a, a good crowd there. Uh, we can hold, I forget now, 25 or 30 on that line as well. So, All right. Well, let's hear about uh, let's hear from some of the more folks who uh, about yeah. the April seventeenth uh, and eighteenth weekend events. Uh, area code six one seven. You're on the air. Hey Joe, this is uh, hey. Crack from uh, Massachusetts. We just, hey uh, Crack, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, we just did Harvard. Uh, had about ninety people signed up, but uh, I guess the rain was uh, too scary, and uh, only fifty six made it. On Saturday, about 43 on Sunday, but uh, we ran a shoot anyway, and uh, got 10 riflemen, about seven IAPs. And who was there? Happened. Who all was there with you at Harvard? Who, uh, who was running it with me? Right. Yeah, so it was me, uh, three guys, uh, two guys from Massachusetts as uh, Red Hats, uh, John Jay and uh, Dorvin One Ross, and then uh, one guy from Connecticut. Uh, his name is Tom. A brand new red hat, and uh, Fred came down. So uh, Fred spent uh, Friday running up and down the sites, Monday running up and down the sites with me. And uh, during the shoot, uh, we were supposed to have five bays, but with all the no shows, we went down to four. So uh, I floated around all the bays on Saturday. That was a lot of walking, though, so I confronted to doing it on uh, Sunday. Just happy to take the bait. Cracked the whip all over the place. It's a good shoot. Well, good, good. And let's get, what about uh, any uh, special things? Any special moments there at the shoot this weekend? Oh yeah, sure. So uh, you know, I never met uh, Jackie Wells, but uh, we brought her into things uh, pretty, pretty uh, deeply. Uh, mentioned her story. Talked about how you know she got rifleman. Almost the second she got it, she put down her rifle and started helping the people all around her. It was just uh, the right thing to do, right? And how last year at Harvard, even with 90-something shooters and uh, 13 riflemen, not a single one of them stepped up and actually took an orange hat and actually went and did anything. It was uh, it was kind of a sad shoot in that respect, but uh, this one was much different. Uh, in fact, one of the... One of the shooters, uh, her uh, boyfriend had gotten riflemen at our last Harvard shoot. And uh, I think every day, probably multiple times a day, <laughs> he uh, got a lot of pleasure out of calling her a cook. And uh, unfortunately uh, for him, he can no longer do so because she got her uh, rifleman's patch and then immediately took up the orange hat and started helping all the people around her, running up and okay. down the base. Telling her, telling them all how uh, natural for name really meant something. And then another person that reminded me of Jackie was uh, we've had a we've had a lady come down. She's a sister of one of our IITs. Her name is uh, Kathy. And Kathy's been toughing it out. You know, if you take a look at Kathy, Kathy's really small, got a squeaky voice, sometimes trouble holding up the rifle. But she's been out in two. Not not one, but two tropical storms shooting with us. 
laying down in puddles. Uh, she's the toughest person I've ever seen at any of these things. So uh, we mentioned her too, and uh, uh, it was it was pretty stern. It was pretty stern, I must say. Something else. So we also added uh, Jackie Wolves to the uh, volley, the uh, the red coat volley on Saturday at uh, 4 p.m. And because uh, we like shooting, we uh, we had another couple rounds in there for. Her, so uh, we also had some uh, some people who. Uh, we're having trouble walking. I saw several people with canes going up and down the firing lines on some bays. There was one guy who rolled up in a wheelchair, and he spent uh, all of Saturday trying to figure out how to shoot out of it. I might, you know, it's in the rain. He's he's driving this wheelchair through mud and grit and all kinds of crap to go get his targets. And uh, what he did uh, on on Sunday, and still in this rain decided that he wasn't accurate enough and tried to figure out how to shoot off the ground. But since the, the major, it, it's kind of a major undertaking for him to get out of the chair, so he just asked if he could, once he's on the ground, if he could stay there. And, you know, staying there means no matter what weather comes down on your head, and we didn't have a roof out there for him to shoot under. And uh, if it wasn't for his rifle sabotaging him all day, uh, he would have had to, he would have had the rifle in score, too. His groups were amazing on the 400-yard uh, targets when he could get to them. And, uh, you know, he's going to be at the next one in a couple of weeks, so I'll be I'll be totally happy to hand him a rifle and bash you that one. You know, that's something to look at. You know, you got all these uh, people who don't come, yet if, if you were to give anybody a pass not to come and, you know, sit in the rain for a, for a you know, a, a whole weekend, uh, it would have been Ted, but, uh, you know, he's the one that's out there. Right. <clears throat> okay. Let's see. I'm going to bring another call on the line with us. Area code 337. You're on the air? Hey, Scout. It's Stephen McPeak from Louisiana. Well, hey, Steve. Hey, <laughs> How you doing? Good, good. How about you guys? How did it go? Oh, we had an excellent shoot this weekend at Sherburne. We had uh, 12 shooters on the line both days with a couple of uh, one-day-only shooters each way there. And I believe we made five riflemen, two of which took orange hats. And uh, the weather stayed beautiful the whole weekend, not a drop of rain. It was a, uh, a most excellent shoot. Bama came down and ran our shoot for us. And uh, we were talking about Shreveport, and Johnny and Don both came down, and uh, Don shot his rifleman and took up his orange hat, as well as another uh, friend of one of our current orange hats, Mark, his friend Derek, shot his rifleman and took his orange hat as well. Right. So uh, South Louisiana and North Louisiana group of instructors are starting to grow, and we've got a whole bunch of shoots coming up in the area. So it's it's going to be big rather quick around here, I think. Well, that sounds really, really good. And when is the next shoot scheduled there? Uh, let's see. I know there's a shoot the end of May in Shreveport, and then there's going to be one in Biloxi that the uh, fine folks over in Mississippi have taken care of setting up. And then I believe the first weekend in June is going to be our next shoot down okay. here at, at Sherburne. 
Okay. The call-in number is 347-308-8790. There you go. So I, what we'd like to do is have folks call in and let us know how the shoots, their particular shoots went, uh, any of the special stories that they had from the shoots, uh, if anything, uh, if they thought of anything that we might be able to do better this coming year, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, area code 802, you're on the air. Hey, Scout, this is uh, Buzzworth from Vermont. Uh, our shoot was, uh, it was small, but boy, it was very representative of uh, what happened on April 19th, because we had folks mustering from uh, our surrounding states, uh, Massachusetts and uh, New York State. We had three family units there with a brand new IIT uh, good piper who plays the bagpipes. His wife and daughter came up, and uh, they were our only two riflemen, rifle women, <laughs> for the weekend. It was really terrific. It rained uh, terribly, and it was really chilly and wet and cold. But uh, the range there has a roof, so we were. We were quite comfortable under there, and uh, our other IIT, uh, another DOM, another dangerous older man, uh, he brought a nice little Coleman stove, and we cooked up some ramen noodles on the range to keep everybody toasty warm, and it was just terrific. Another guy, he's a chimney sweep from here in Vermont. His 10-year-old boy was our designated sniper. His name is Patrick McDonald, you know, a fine Irish lad. And, uh <laughs> He shot a 199 from the bipod and was getting tight groups, and he actually won the door prize of Paul Revere's ride, which was just great. And, uh, boy, you should hear this kid talk about uh, the Disney movie when I was in school, Johnny Trelane, right? Talks about Paul Revere and stuff. They showed that in his classroom to his class. I was really surprised they uh, showed that still in school. And that was something else. It was a great shoot. We had a father and daughter from New York State. This was their third apple seed. She's 14. And you know, I don't know what it is about teenagers. They just never seem to dress properly for the West. I don't know. But, but uh, we got her squared away with some gear, and uh, they were shooting real well. And uh, they'll be they'll be pushing that rifleman patch real soon. Well, that sounds great. great. Yeah, we, we did our volley fire on time at... Uh, at 4 o'clock Eastern, and uh, Good Piper played Amazing Grace on the bagpipes. We tried to film it, but the microphone could only pick up uh, fire. <laughs> Couldn't hear the bagpipe because he was at the other end of the range. Oh, boy, it was really a moving experience, and everyone was talking about that uh, the next day, and everyone showed the next day, too, which was terrific. So we had seven shooters on the line. And uh, two two young ones, and uh, it was just terrific. Three family units. It was it was really quality, uh, less quantity, but real high quality Appleseed. It was a terrific uh, thing. Lots of handshakes and smiles all around. We had an old timer, uh, a dangerous older man from up in the mountains here in Vermont, and he's like, you know, I've been shooting rifles for you know 50 years, and I never knew how much I didn't know. <laughs> It was really good to hear that, and he was really into it. We'll definitely see him again. I know that. Well, any of them, uh, did any of them, uh, of the folks who were there on Sunday evening, staying to the last minute, any of them uh, uh, prospects for uh, 
becoming members of the program, becoming instructors? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Bill, uh, he came over from New York State with his daughter. Uh, his uh, his handle on the forum is Dude. So feel free, anybody out there in Radio Land who wants to pressure Dude on the forum to step up and take an orange hat. I told him I wouldn't put him on the spot in public, but uh, I pressured him to, to get a hat. He only lives an hour away from the range. I live an hour away from the range, and I'm in the same state. But it's such a great facility that uh, it's worth the extra hour, and they only charge $85 a year of membership, and they have 500-yard capability. So uh, we just we have legal issues, which I won't go into now. It's a sad story. Our neighbor shocked to find out that they're shooting events at the gun club on Rod and Gun Club Road. It's been suing the club for 10 years now uh, over noise trouble. You know, so the club can't have any sanctioned uh, centerfire matches currently until our legal issues go away. Our lawyers recommended that we try and keep the noise down. I personally think uh, completely opposite end of that spectrum. I think we should make as much noise as loud as possible. Uh, as much as possible, invite the National Guard to come up with a couple of Humvees and 50s and maybe some helicopters and have a, have at it at night maneuvers, personally. Yeah, that's my opinion. <laughs> you move well, next to a gun club, what do you expect, you know? Come well, on. I, know that, uh, I know that's happening all over the nation, that folks are, yeah. are moving next to uh, gun clubs, and, and then they hear the noise, and they decide that... Uh, that yeah. They want the gun club stopped, even though it was it had been there for thirty, forty years before they, uh, you know, before they moved in. They decided after they moved in that they they would like it to be stopped, and uh, that's one of the reasons that we ask folks to become yeah. members of the of the clubs that we're asked that we're yep. at, yep. so they Having can help the, the clubs, they can support the clubs in these yep. uh, in these kinds of issues. So that's one of the things that we tell people when we're uh, we're trying to get put a shoot together at a range. That we're a good partner for them. You know, we're going to help rustle up members for them, and they need members. They need folks to become part of the club, so that uh, so that they can have folks that will help to support them in those times of need. Well, that sounds really good. Uh, I'm going to bring another caller on here with us. Okay, it was a really great weekend. I got to say, uh, I was uh, I was moved to read all the after action reports and uh, to see how great this uh, this program really is. And uh, by God, I think we can save America. You know that? It's a wonderful well, thing. I'm glad I'm part of it. We're well on the way toward that. And that's certainly our mission. We're well on the way toward that. All right. Okay, well, thank take you, care. sir. Yep. All right, bye. And now, area code 713. I believe that's Nick. Hey, Scout. <clears throat> this is Aromatic. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. I was just calling in real quick before I sat down to eat dinner to let you know... Uh, we held up the tradition of a muddy April 19th shoot in College Station. Uh, it was it was all, all all that you would expect from a from an event there. <laughs> Is and, there any uh, grass grown on the range yet? Uh, there was, but uh, Steve was kind enough to uh, do some more dirt work, and uh, so there was no grass there. But there were uh, uh, fields of blue bonnets everywhere surrounding the range that he had not done dirt work on. So uh, I think uh, I think it balanced out. We all had to shoot in the mud, but while we were down in the mud, we could look at some nice scenery uh, well, from the mud. There's some perfect, uh, some really excellent, uh, nice, uh, thick, deep, uh, reddish, uh, caliche clay type mud there. 
and it will certainly it will keep that water in it for weeks at a time. Uh, and the and the minute it gets any rain on it, it will get nice and deep. So that's a great place to be in the rain. Yeah, it was, and we had 30-plus people each day on the line, so it was, I think, one of the bigger shoots. I didn't go to the first one, but since I've been going to those, uh, it was one of the bigger ones that we had, and I think there was maybe four four families that showed up. Uh, one gentleman brought his uh, three young sons with him, and several other people brought kids and spouses, so it was a real family event there this weekend. Well, that sounds really good. How many riflemen? Uh, I believe there was three. One of them was a repeat, and uh, I think he shot a two, 238 or something like that. So he was 14 years old. So he was really knocking them down, and he shot multiple riflemen on scores on, on Sunday. So he's a, he's, he's a good shooter, and his sister, his younger sister, is right behind him. She was in the 190s, so I'm sure she'll be making, making the crest in that hill at the next shoot. All right, that sounds great. Uh, any uh, any special stories from this weekend? Any special things that uh, stick in your mind uh, that you'd like to uh, relay to the rest of the folks? Anything, yes, that, wanna... anything you saw that you'd like to say, man, I wish everybody in the program was here to see this particular thing right here. Well, I, uh, one thing I thought was really great was I'm, I'm not really sure who was responsible for the deck of cards, but whoever did that, that was a, an outstanding thing to do during lunch. We uh, uh, Sleepy Joe passed them out, and everybody went around and read what was on their card. And uh, you know it's Appleseed because I got a couple people come back and say, uh, am I supposed to read this card? And uh, whoever made the cards put references on the, a couple of cards at the end of the deck. <laughs> so they, uh, they <laughs> you know, they, you know they don't take whoever wrote the card's word for it. Here, go look it up for yourself. And so it was a great, everybody really did a good job reading them, and it was nice. Even some of the, the younger people there read the names and then read the little story behind it. And it was, it was really good to remind everybody that they, they were just real people, much like we we are now uh, there that day. So I want to say thank you to, to I, I don't know if it was Rifle Woman or whoever who made those cards and sent them out to everybody. She sent them out. I don't know who, uh, I don't know who, who did it. Uh, I'm, I know that she talked about it, but I don't know who actually set it up. And listen, we've had a couple of questions about the purple patches. Did you guys get any in your shipment? I believe Sleepy Joe did have some, and uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't know if we passed them out or not, but I know he he had mentioned he had some. Uh, but we didn't uh, we didn't have any female riflemen. I'm not really sure what the rules were on that, but uh, I think so we did. It was repeat. kind of a last minute thing. And if you guys listened to uh, to Fred last week, <clears throat> the uh, the purple patches idea and uh, and everything came from. The Florida folks. It wasn't uh, uh, the the national didn't really have anything to do with it. Uh, the purple fo- uh, patches were printed up or, or made up by the folks in Florida, and then I believe they tr- they shipped some to to Bulkhead to ship out. Now I don't know if he was able to get enough or get them out to everybody. <clears throat> we had two patches uh, in ours. Uh, along with just, uh, I think, either one or two of the cards that they had made up. Uh, and uh, But I don't know. 
I don't know if everybody got them or how how that was done. Uh, like I said, I uh, I guess someone here, someone on the online chat was saying that they didn't get any, and I don't know how that was set up. And I think that if they didn't get any, <clears throat> I'll find out uh, who has the patches in Florida uh, or who's in charge of that in Florida and see if we can't get some more uh, shipped out to the people that didn't get any. <clears throat> so if you're listening and you didn't get any purple patches, uh, be sure and let me know. You can PM me on the uh, on the forum. Let me know if you didn't get any, and I will find out who has them, and we'll get some shipped to you uh, so that everybody has a chance to grab one of the, the purple patches uh, this year because I, I believe that... Uh, that this year they had them print, uh, had them made up special uh, to honor Jocelyn, and uh, and I guess the, it was just like a one-time run. So I guess when they're gone, they're gone. So <clears throat> be sure and let me know as soon as possible, and I'll try and rustle up uh, the patches from whoever has them. All right. Uh, anything else? Nick? That, that, that's it. It was, a, it was a good weekend, and I'll, I'm going to get off the line, and I'll go back to listening over the Internet and listen to what everybody else has to say about their shoes. Okay, before you go, uh, let me say this, is that the promotions aspect of the program hasn't changed a bit. Just because we're done with the, the April 17th, 18th weekend, the April 19th signature event, we still – we're getting ready now to do the uh, – the real apple seeding, and the real apple seeding occurs uh, starting Monday morning after you get back from your event, and it runs until the Friday night before the next event, and that's the uh, the promotions part of it. And I'm going to continue to push the radio, and a lot of folks are starting to do this. A lot of folks are starting to call into the radio shows and get get some airtime on it. <clears throat> Nick has worked real hard. Uh, on this, on the, uh, on helping to get the information set up for you folks who would like to call in to radio shows and get the word out. Uh, he has on the how to promote Appleseed thread on the forum. He has some uh, a lot of good posts there on how you can get onto your local radio station, how you can get on there, uh, how to find a station in your area. So, Nick, if you wouldn't mind posting that uh, in the online chat again, and then uh, and then making sure that you keep giving it a you know a, a regular kind of bump on the forum, so that folks can continue to look at it and continue to uh, to put that on their list of things to do in, in the next couple of weeks. We'll do. I'll do it right after I get off the phone here. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks, Scout. All right. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, like I said, the the work, the main work for Appleseed occurs uh, from the the Monday when you get back from the forum, all the way until the Friday before from the shoot, all the way till you get uh, when you're driving out the driveway that next uh, Friday night for the other shoot. That's when the main uh, the main work of Appleseed is done. The shooting events are just the cream, the cream of the uh, uh, of the program. 
That's just that's the the actual fun part. That's not the work. The work occurs in between the events. So we have to make sure that we're doing as much as we can to push the program uh, in between the events. And radio, I'm telling you guys, I uh, I'm going to keep pushing this forever and ever uh, to get the radio stuff done. And I've got a couple of guys uh, that are going to help set up the uh, uh, set up the what we need as far as extra servers and stuff like that <clears throat> for getting on one of the major radio shows. And uh, and then we're going to get together as a group, and we're going to have a big push to try and get onto the Hannity or the Rush show. And I'm going to let these guys know before we do it, and they're going to set all the servers up and everything else to get us ready so that we can handle uh, the extra folks who are going to show up that day, uh, whenever we finally get on the uh, on the radio show, so get ready, and uh, I'll let you know uh, when the big push comes, so that we can uh, we can make a concerted effort for some promotion in that fashion. All right, area code, let's see, area code five seven five, Sam, you're on the air. Sam, can you hear me? Sam could be chasing uh, chasing some of the goats he has there. Hold on just a second. I just lost the, the switchboard. Here we go. Sam, is that you? I kind of hear in the background like, a, like an alien sound. Area code 575-457. No, this is Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Uh, okay. Yeah. Are you yeah, from New Mexico? You're from New Mexico. Oh, then. yeah. I'm from the little ghost town here in Lakewood. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Jimmy. Well, uh, how you doing tonight, Scout? I'm just dandy. I am just dandy. If I was any better, I'd be twins, and we'd both be in trouble. <laughs> but, uh, no, Sam was our shoot boss up here at uh, the Roswell shoot this weekend. And uh, we had a great day down there and everything. Um, it, it, Saturday morning, it was drizzly and wet, and the spirits couldn't be any higher. I mean, nobody was bothered by the rain, by the drizzle, and then long about 2 o'clock, it started clearing up, and everything went great. I think on Saturday, uh, Sam and them, they got, uh, I think it was either three or four riflemen. And then on Sunday, they got two more. Uh, so I was one of them. <laughs> oh, well, congratulations. So, and uh, they, it, it, it was a great day down, a uh, great weekend up there and everything. It's my third one. I've done uh, two in Carlsbad, which we're trying to arrange another one there. And I'm uh, going to be headed over to Alamo and help them out. On, I was going to uh, say, if you, got your, if you got your patch then, and it's your third apple seed, then you should have gotten your hat too. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a new IIT, so uh, it's uh, you know I, I get to serve with the strawberry roan and and ol out of Rosberg. So uh, and and Stam did not get abducted, and we didn't shoot down any UFOs. At, at least that's a story, and we're going to stick to it. <laughs> well, he just says he didn't get abducted. He just says. <laughs> He didn't get uh, taken away by aliens. Actually, <laughs> I actually saw uh, Sam Damewood. I've, I've got to tell you, it, 
it was looking like uh, one of those separated at birth uh, photographs of, uh, let's see. At what's White his Sands? Name? No, no, it was uh, uh, Crosby from Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. No, I haven't seen that one, but uh, in, in the newsletter and everything, uh, that that picture of everybody behind him with the mustaches that was that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> that was that was a very funny photograph, and that, that the, was the fun a part about it is is uh, about the fourth or fifth one from the left in the back is uh, Strawberry Roan, uh, Julie. And I kept joking with her. I never thought that someone with hair that was three feet long would look so good with a gray mustache. <laughs> and uh, I think my shoulder's still hurting, but it will survive. <laughs> well, how did, uh, just like I asked the rest of the guys, you have anything that, uh, any of the events this weekend that stood out? Uh, oh, it, some special story you want to give to the folks about the events the, this weekend? The, the greatest part of it is is uh, we had a young man, seven years old, that brought his pellet rifle out with his dad and his grandpa. And uh, Sam, you know, talked to him a little bit, and we found him a, a loner, 22, and got him in on that and got him set up. And here he is, seven years old, and he just had a blast. And then we had another young lady down there that was shooting a bolt, a pink bolt action 22. And uh, she was just, it, for, for folks that don't think this can be done with a bolt action, I did it this weekend with a Marlin 2000L uh, bolt action and peep sights. And this little girl, I tell you what, I've been shooting for so long, and her action, the way she worked the bolt and everything else, was so smooth and so perfect and everything. It made me jealous. It really did. <laughs> it was just a fantastic time. I, don't, I can't remember how old the oldest one was, but I think they were pat in the, in the 80s. But well, uh, it it was a fantastic weekend down there. I just I love going to the apple seeds because I'm with family. That's right. That's right. Even if you just meet your long-lost family members there, you're always with family. Appleseed brings out the best Americans that the that we have that the nation has to offer. I mean, the oh, it was best, it was great there at, Ros at Roswell. I think we had uh, on Saturday. I'm trying to, you know, Sam can, can can clarify this, but I think we had four groups of family members. Husband, wives, kids. One of them was uh, a couple of kids and their mom, and uh, it was just it it was fantastic. And it comes to lunchtime, and of course we get into the rest of the stories and stuff. And and Sam kicks back and gets in that nice relaxed mode, and here it goes. And it was just, I mean, it was just. I, I, the only thing that we were missing was the round of rocks and the campfire. That night? No, we didn't have a campfire out there. They they kind of frown on that. Right. But uh, it was just, you know, ever since my first apple seed and everything, uh, like Sam said, he, he hoped that we took it to heart, and I became rabid. Uh, last night I was able to get on the Rusty Humphrey show for about uh, not quite a minute because they were talking about Waco and Oklahoma City, and I reminded them about uh, April 19, 1775, and made the point of mentioning the Revolutionary War Veterans Association and Appleseed. So at least we got a plug in there. Right. So, right. And, yeah, we, and we, got, would, we, would like to, we would like to remove the uh, – we would like to refocus the folks 
on April 19, 1775. That's and, what I uh, did last night on the radio. I told him, I says, you know, yes, you know, Waco is a day in history, and Oklahoma City is a day in history. However, those two would never have happened if it wasn't for 235 years ago. On April the 19th, 1775, a bunch of people stood up and decided, we're going to be free. And uh, it was good. Rusty took it real well. In fact, I think we may have an opening. I can uh, work with it and see if I can get you guys in on the Rusty Humphrey show to uh, talk about Appleseed. Hey, that's pros great. Instead of a flunky like me. Well, well, everybody, everybody listening here, everybody in the program is a is an Appleseed ambassador. Everybody, everybody in the program has the ability to to let people know about what the program is doing and how meaningful it is, especially the folks that have been to an Appleseed. And they, they understand what we're doing. But even if you haven't been to an Appleseed, you can still let folks know uh, that we're that's, there that's and the what we're doing. About, that's the good thing about southeast New Mexico. Uh, we're kind of a different country. And um, one of my projects that starts off in uh, late October is is I kind of head up and ramrod the Christmas for our troops uh, down here in southeast New Mexico for our troops in Afghanistan and Iraq. And so that opened the door years ago to the radio station. So all I've got to do now is make a, a phone call and tell Mike, I says, you know, what day can I get on and what can, you know, to talk about Appleseed. And he's like, when do you want? So he's actually, Perfect. in fact, this, this last time around, he actually bumped someone um, that wanted to kind of get into a political rant, bumped them and put me in their spot. So, <laughs> Well, like I said, if it, you, everyone here is, a, is an amba- ambassador uh, to the world as far as promoting the Appleseed program. If you ever do need any help, I'll be glad to help. Sam is glad to help. Uh, we've got a lot of good people. Uh, oh, I'll tell you what, to... this, is, this is better than family, and it's like one of the radio interviews that I did with them, um, the uh, interviewer asked me, and this is our local station, uh, Mike Jackson asked me, he said, uh, you know, what was my best feeling about Appleseed? And I told him, I says, you know, I've been shooting since I was 11 years old. And all of the training and all of the stuff that I went through through the military, the thousands of rounds that I have fired, the thousands of rounds that I have done in personal life, hunting and trapping and everything else, our first apple seed at Carlsbad that we went down, and I took the wife and daughter, you know, for them to learn, and I was going down just for fun. And I was really, really proud of my first red coat right off at the beginning of the day. And by the time lunchtime got there, I realized I didn't know Diddley. <laughs> and it's just built from there. So well, we I do everything I can to everything you're it. doing. We appreciate everything you're doing. And if you need somebody to uh, uh, to to call into the radio show and uh, and help you talk about it, I'll be glad to. Just let me know when you want me to do it. I, w- I will work on that. And uh, once we start getting some things firmed up around here on more deals, I'll try to give you a head up, you know, a couple, three weeks in advance. Okay. But that- I just, you know, all you got to do is get me start talking about Appleseed. And uh, I'm already studying my history. So, you know, I mean, I've got the Minutemen and I've got Paul Revere's ride, and both of them have been absorbed so much, I'm like a sponge. So uh, I'm I'm getting ready. You know, when Sam calls on me, I'll be ready. All right. 
Well, that sounds great. I look forward well, to thank hearing, you, Chief, and thank hearing your reaction. All right. Thank you, sir. Take care, boss. Take you. You take care, too. All right. If you guys would like to call in, we'd love to hear you because uh, I'm telling you there, there were over 100 events, and there are there have to be at least a, a, a thousand uh, ready stories from uh, each of the events because it was a great weekend nationwide and yeah there was a lot of uh there was a lot of places that there was uh, extra stuff rain mud uh thrown in <clears throat> but overall everyone persisted everyone adapted uh everyone uh, managed to make a way through it a lot of folks got thrown curveballs etc and yet everything uh worked itself out and the appleseed instructors uh the appleseed folks uh once again uh, turned in a huge success for our, our signature weekend, and we'd love to hear from you guys. So if you want to call in, <clears throat> the call-in number is 347-308-8790, and let us know what happened at uh, at your particular event. Uh, area code 601, you're on the air. Hey, Scout, how are you? <laughs> I couldn't be better. <laughs> how are well, you doing? Great. Who is this? This is Jim. I'm down here. We had a, I think this was our sixth or seventh apple seed in Canton, Mississippi. And uh, just wanted to call in. This is my first time on the show. I I was able to uh, pick it up and listening to it on the Internet and now on my phone. And I just wanted to give you all a little bit of an update of what happened down here. This is, like I said, our sixth or seventh apple seed. I have to go back and look at my notes and find out where we are. Right now, um, a couple things that happened. We had several, or most of my shooters were return shooters. We had about 13. Uh, I had, I know on Sunday, uh, I had at least four, maybe five first-time shooters out there. We were able to generate, I think, four riflemen, and three of which took hats. A couple of significant events. Um, Man, I tell you, it was just really cool. At the end of the weekend, we had several of the instructors and a couple of the uh, shooters out there with their their 30 calibers, and we did a 30 caliber AQT, and it was pretty cool. Just hearing all those big boars going off. Uh, Our shoot boss was Johnny Appleseed. Uh, Richard and I think the most significant thing out of the weekend the thing that I saw the most pleasure or had the most pleasure watching was the grin coming on his face when he suggested a run and gun and we sat there and we gained it we we figured out how we were going to you know make get everybody involved and uh, get the instructors out there to ensure that everything was done safely and then during the lunch break we already had them prep mags we had targets up during the lunch break we had uh, another instructor come in there and uh, run in there and give a muster to all of our shooters and everybody had to quickly get out there online and we just had a just a shoot and then just no AQPs they just got out there and they just shot and I'm gonna tell you the confusion to everybody getting online and and shooting and going to from chaos to order was just Simply magnificent to watch. It was it was just a great time there. 
Well, that sounds excellent. Uh, any of the any other special stories, uh, something that you saw or that something that you had that that you wish that all the rest of the folks in the program could have seen? We had a young shooter there. Um, he was 11 years old. Last last month, we had uh, an apple seed out there. He brought his or his mom and dad brought him. And last month, mom and dad sat back in their chairs and, and just watched, just observed the whole apple seed. This month, dad was working, so mama brought him. Mama shot with him, too. So he recruited her, got her. She is hooked uh, just to watch her progress through the day and the uh, uh, just her efforts in trying to, to get in there and shoot and get that rifleman's patch. Was just, it was just a pleasure to watch her, too. It was all it was all good. I mean, there are so many good things. The cards. I heard one of the other callers talking about the cards. The cards were great. We had so many. Uh, like I said, the majority of the shooters were return shooters. We had a, we got a great program. Uh, this range was the first range to start hosting apple seeds. Uh, we've got other prospects now. Our state coordinator's done a wonderful job on on keeping folks focused on what we need to do to get some more ranges available to us, and it's really starting to grow. We've got another one at a range down on the coast at the end of May. So things are starting to shape up here in Mississippi. Well, that sounds great. That sounds great. Uh, pretty soon we'll have a good hard lock from uh, coast to coast across the south here. Uh, Louisiana is spinning up. Alabama spinning up. Mississippi is spinning up. Georgia's doing good. Florida is doing great. Uh, I think pretty soon we're going to have the uh, the nation sewn up from coast to coast. Well, that sounds uh, great. All right, I'm going to bring another caller on the line with us. <clears throat> okay. Area code 507. You're on there. Hey, Scout. This is Mugget. Hey, Mugget. Hey, welcome to the, the show. Hey, yeah, appreciate the chance to talk for just a second. Uh, real quick, I just wanted to tell everybody thanks for all the great pictures. Have you looked at all those pictures? Uh, I'm, I have had about uh, a total of 30 minutes to look at anything. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I, I've just gotten in on the. Uh, I just got in from the event yesterday late, but I had to spin right around, go to Houston, and I just got back from Houston at about. Uh, Four o'clock today, when I had just enough time uh, for a major battle with the Blog Talk Radio to uh, to get the all the pre-show work done and on, and uh, I'm telling you, it's been a rough month for me. I got uh, 24 of the last 31 days uh, in Appleseed uh, missions, and uh, yeah, yeah. I was telling the uh, I was telling somebody earlier today that. Uh, I, I, I felt horrible before I left for uh, the Fredericksburg shoot on Friday because I'd only been back one day and I was having to turn around and leave on Friday and had my my two youngest girls were uh, were crying and hanging on to me and telling me not to leave and I was ready I was I was ready to break down myself you know and and I wasn't even leaving to uh, you know to go and fight the Redcoats like Isaac Davis and yet I was about ready to ball myself. So I'm, I'll start looking at the the stuff uh, 
probably as soon as I get through with this show tonight, trying to catch up on with the computer stuff. But uh, I had uh, David send me the photographs that he took at Fredericksburg, and they look really good. There are some really, really good pictures out there. Um, I haven't made it through all of them yet, uh, and I am criminally behind in my... Uh, uh, grading efforts, so tonight I'm grading papers, but uh, beginning the process of going through and harvesting pictures off those AAR sites uh, probably next week, uh, and I just wanted to ask for folks who have to, who took video of something, of the volley fire, if they will uh, send me a PM to Mogget, M-O-G-G-E-T, Mogget, uh, I will know where to come looking when we begin to, when we're ready to start um, receiving that, uh, those uh, uh, the video for those that volley fire. So uh, that's just what I want to say. I want to say thanks for the pictures, and PM me if you have uh, you have stored up the video so I can so I'll know where to go when I want to pick that up. All right. Okay. Well, you can. Uh, don't you, you you have a thread on this right on the forum? Yeah, it's it's actually up in the WL3 thing though. Uh, right. And uh, I haven't started anything that's down. Um, inside inside the main part of the forum. There is a forum called Thread of Pictures or Pictures or something like that, but it's not mine. Uh, so uh, I will, I, chances are when we really finish working on this, uh, we will put the pictures, at least initially, um, on a site that's made for storing that sort of thing instead of on the forum so we can catalog them and keep track of them a little better. Okay. All right, well... It, but... Uh, We'll just keep. Say, uh, I just want to say thanks. We'll keep sending folks to you, uh, folks that have their uh, their pictures and their video from this last weekend's event, <clears throat> and uh, we'll put it on some of the other boards too. I guess we can also uh, create another thread for it so that folks can post their pictures there. Or if you have video and stuff, uh, we'll figure out a way to get you uh, Moggett's uh, uh, email address where you can either send it to her or you can send her a PM or email uh, with the location of where you have it stored, if you have it like in Photo Bucket or some location where she can access it, because she's working on the promotions for next year. Uh, I don't know what happened. Somehow somebody uh, figured out to uh, go ahead and starting to to, uh, to start promoting it uh, uh, a year in advance. So <clears throat> you can't say that uh, that we we are able to learn new tricks. So we're going to try and promote this next year, uh, well, starting as soon as possible. What we want to do is 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 start figuring out all our all our neat little prizes and and uh, the national level promotion and stuff like that way ahead of time. Uh, you did time in the you you served in the military, right, Scout? I'm sorry. You served in the military. You know what the one third two third rule is? The one third two third rule. Yeah, if you have a mission and you're the higher headquarters and there's three weeks till you know whatever it is you're going to do, then you have a week to get your planning done, and then you must leave two weeks for the units below you. Right, right. So yeah, so we want to get the we want to get the national level promotions, those sort of national level decisions moving way ahead of time, so that the folks who have to implement them have months to implement them instead of days. Yeah, even though they don't need it, because you know when we ask for something on the forum, it gets done within a couple of days, right? <laughs> <laughs> Amazingly enough, most of the time it does. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stunned, but you know, 
<laughs> it is possible to run an organization <laughs> on something other than the seat of your pants. That's right. So. Well, we'll, sh- we'll be sure and start uh, heading everybody we can. And I'll keep mentioning this on the radio program uh, every week to try and uh, try and garner the rest of the photos and the location for video, et cetera, so that we can get it all herded into uh, one location. Yeah, that would be good. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for letting me on your show. Well, you are quite welcome. And, uh, and we'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Bye-bye. All right. Okay, I am trying to get the switchboard to open back up because I saw that you had come back into the. Uh, I saw that you had come back onto the air here, Sam, and I wanted to get you on. So let me see if I can get the switchboard to open back up, and then when I can, I'll I'll bring you on. Now the call-in number <clears throat> for the program is three four seven. Three zero eight eight seven nine zero, and what we'd like to do is, uh, if any of you guys have uh, stories, and of course everybody does. I mean, everybody has a story from this last weekend, and uh, we'd like to get the stories out, uh, get the stories out to everybody. Uh, you guys are going to be posting some of them in your. After action reports, posting some of the pictures, and uh, and if you're not posting video, posting the locations for it. <clears throat> and then please make sure that you get uh, uh, go through your pictures and stuff, and uh, make sure that you take a look at them. We want to make sure that we, any of the really good pictures that we have uh, for the upcoming year that we have from this last weekend shoot, that we're able to use in the upcoming year for promotions for this uh, this next year's April 19th shoot. All right. If you notice I'm talking kind of weird, it's because uh, I'm trying to do uh, several things at once here. All right, Sam, uh, hopefully you should be on the air. Welcome to the show. All right, hold on. <laughs> now you're on the air. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is, I had my I had the cursor on your phone, and right as I clicked, the whole screen disappeared. So welcome to the show, Sam. Well, thank you, Scout. It's good to be back on. I'll tell uh, you. Uh, the rundown of the uh, New Mexico event, and I know I'm probably not talking to the actual Sam Damewood. Uh, I'm talking to uh, uh, whatever alien entity is now uh, occupying that body, but let us know what happened. <laughs> well, Roswell had a, had a good shoot. Uh, 27 people on the line, and uh, we made five riflemen, and uh, we had some lousy weather to begin with, but Sunday turned out fantastic. You couldn't have had a better day, and you couldn't have had a better crowd of people. Uh, we even had a lady that drove all the way past Davila and Midland just to come shooting Roswell. No kidding. Where was she from? Uh, just outside Fort Worth, and uh turns out she's got... Got some land up there and might even be willing to set up a DAR on that thing. That sounds great. How much land does she have? Uh, about 120-some acres. That'll work. Said it runs into a little bluff out there that might work for a good backstop for us. <clears throat> She's going to get me the particulars and I'll, I'll Google Earth it and look it over and we'll get somebody to go up there and take a look at it. But 
sounds like uh, we have a prime opportunity to get get the folks in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area somewhere to shoot. Well, that sounds great because the folks there in Dallas have uh, they've been high and dry for the last uh, year and a half, two years or so, and uh, it's a it's a great area. I mean, as far as uh, a lot of folks there, and so far we've had no luck with any shooting locations. So now we have a couple that we're working on, but a DAR, you know, a private land venue would be absolutely perfect. So as soon as you take a look at that, make sure that there's not like a, uh, uh, you know, a uh, uh, like a hospital or something right on the other side of that bluff or, you know, something like that, a the SPCA shelter or something. Uh, <laughs> Let us know, and uh, and we'll try and get somebody up there as soon as possible. We've got uh, Double L and Star Fox in the Dallas area. I'm sure they would be more than willing to uh, to go and take a look at it, uh, you know, for a uh, boots on the ground, take a look at it. That'll work. I'll, I'm going to PM them on it tonight, and we'll see if we can make that one happen. That would be uh, Two of her sons shot riflemen, and, and uh, they're all enthused. And... Uh, uh, I think we, we have a good opportunity going there. I, I don't have any feedback on the shoot-up in Raton, really. Just some, some second-hand because they don't have the AAR up. But uh, it sounds like it went well. They had a big crowd up there. We did have a problem with the Rio Rancho shoot. Uh, it's 12 miles out of dirt road to that range, and the club closed the road. I found out about it uh, late Sunday night. I got an email from a from a guy. Why did you cancel that shoot? And I said, we didn't cancel a shoot. Appleseed doesn't cancel shoots. So right. let me call up my guy and see what the deal is. And, and I got a hold of Dev Null, and uh, he said uh, they had 12 miles of mud out there, and the club officers closed the range. So well, we're going to have to reschedule, but we will do her. Well, you know, like you said, that 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 happened. We didn't close. We we didn't shut the shoot down. But man, there's nothing we can do about 12 miles of dirt road. Uh, I don't know how. I'm. I see that uh, old Grunt is in the chat. Uh, you can call in OG and and give me the rundown on the Grandfield shoot. <clears throat> now Grandfield has. Uh, it has some long dirt roads, too, but at least they're a little bit more improved. They're like county roads. The road you're talking about sounds like an old private road uh, for it, a it's range. It's just two ruts out in the desert. Right. Well, the Grandfield roads are, uh, they look, uh, I imagine they could be just as dangerous uh, with some uh, with some water on them because uh, they are long roads weaving in and out of the uh, the flatlands and the, the 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 mud out there, and none of them are marked. There's no uh, directions on the road saying this way or or this road leads here or this road leads there. I mean, you got to put up uh, some markers for folks to get out there. <clears throat> uh, any special stuff that happened at your event? Oh, well, let me ask you. I meant to ask these as soon as you told me that uh, she drove from uh, Dallas to Roswell. What what made her go to Roswell? Did she see some pictures of you somewhere on the uh, on the forum and decide that she had to go out there and uh, and go under <laughs> your tutelage? I'd like to think that was so, but but actually she went down there to visit with her sons over the weekend and and uh, they had set up to come out, so she came out and uh, they, 
her granddaughter came out, a little girl about nine years old, and I don't know what it is with those nine-year-old girls and those cricket rifles. You have never seen anyone work a bolt gun so nicely. And uh, she she just she flipped that bolt back with her index finger and thumb her down, and, and she was on it. Well, you know, I had a guy, a, a young boy, I guess he was about uh, about nine years old, and he had his, he had a brand-new cricket rifle. <clears throat> but you could tell, and his dad said that he had been – uh, he had been working with it under his dad's supervision there, like the week before the shoot, you know, figuring out how to work the bolt and everything else. He had it down to a science, and the only thing that was slowing him down was reaching down and picking up the individual rounds. So I took a piece of duct tape and folded it around in a you know in a sticky line and put it right there on his stock, and then pressed the individual rounds to the duct tape. So all they had to do was grab each one, you know, off the sticky on that duct tape, and uh, he just about finished every stage, you know, in the time limit. You know, when when you get one of those youngsters that works with those little rifles, they'll make it happen. And uh, she's so in tune with that cricket that uh, she actually couldn't could, couldn't bring herself to use ten twenty two. Right. Uh, right. Because she that had was to use that rifle. cricket. That That's was her right. Rifle. She was going to master it. <laughs> okay, stay on, stay on the line with me, Sam. I'm going to bring another caller on. I uh, will. All right, area code 712. You're on the air. Yes, Scott. Hey, who's this? Hey, this is Mark. Hey, is there a boot camp coming up in Kimmer, Wyoming this month or next month? Could you tell me that? Oh, are you asking me? Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I can find out for you real quick. Uh, I can check the, I can check on the forum, but, but you'll, yeah, have to, if, you'll have to give me a few minutes for that, or, or sure, yeah. this, because if you guys don't want me to start talking like, a, uh, like a zombie, one of you guys uh, that are on the online chat, check the forum uh, for the boot camp schedule, and uh, let me know, and uh, I'll pass it on to Mark. Where are you from, Mark? I'm out here in uh, in Utah. Okay. And I know I read the shotgun news a while back, and I think there's one up there, and I didn't I didn't get on quick enough tonight to hear when you mentioned all that stuff. But you know. Okay. Well, we're gonna have somebody. Okay, here it is, right here. Tekris says Kimamir is May 16th through the 23rd. Okay. Can you make okay. that? I can do her. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, make sure that you make sure you go to the uh, go to the homepage rwva.org and uh, and go to the boot camp section there and pre-register so that they'll know that you're coming and uh, they can make sure that they got the you know got enough instructions and stuff for everybody there. I'll do it. Thank you. All Thanks right. for your time. Hey, did you go to an event this last weekend? No, never made it. I was in the process of moving out here to Utah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, May 16th to the 23rd. Okay. All right, and you and we'll be seeing you there then. Thank you, sir. All right. Appreciate it. Uh-huh. All right. And Chris, you can
you go ahead and call in and give it. Let us know what happened at the Grand Phil event. The rest of you guys, <clears throat> be sure and call in so that we can hear uh, what happened at your specific shoot. Uh, area code three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. Call in and let us know what happened at your specific event. What worked for you? What uh, didn't work? Uh, any of the special stories that uh, that when you saw them, you know the kind of the kind of things that uh, that when you see that you want to you're wishing that the whole rest of the Appleseed family was standing right behind you so you could point to it and show it to them. Uh, we'd like to hear about those specific events there. Uh, I'll tell you at the Fredericksburg shoot. You know, we had some folks that showed up on Sunday, and uh, <clears throat> I always, uh, I, I, anytime somebody wants to show up, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for them. I'm ready for them, and I'm welcoming them. But uh, but a lot of times on Sunday, you almost kind of just uh, cringe when somebody shows up uh, late on Sunday and they're uh, and they're ready to get into it, and especially if it's. Uh, Oh, somebody with a bunch of kids and stuff, because you know you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to hustle to try and get them up to speed. But the stories that I always tell is that the kids who come to the events are always it's one of the absolute best parts of the events. You know, you've got kids that show up uh, on Saturday or on Sunday, and when they get there, they're oh, they could care less. You know, it looks like from their attitude about it and whether they they shoot or not, and they get down, and you start working with them, and and after a little while, after a little while of you working with them, and you treating them uh, like a young adult, giving them the instruction that they need in a, uh, and not in a condescending way, but in a in a good uh, young adult fashion, and they start seeing it working, then you start seeing a complete change in these guys. A complete change in the kids. They're no longer the uh, the kids who came who were wearing sunglasses and playing the video games or had the iPods in their ears and just uh, and who appeared to care little or or at all about what was going on. Into folks who who can't wait for the next course of fire, who just can't, who who are so uh, ready for that, and who at the end of the day are pulling on their folks' sleeves saying, can we come back, can we come back tomorrow, can we come back tomorrow, and uh, and try to talk their folks into coming back the next day. A lot of times the parents of those kids, they know what their kids are like, and they say, well, I know that my kid is, there's no way I'm going to get him to go to two days of this. Um, I'm probably going to have to leave in the middle of this day, but at least I'm going to give it a try. And you also see the, the look in the parents' eyes. You say, oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, this is a, a side of my kid I never saw. Was their uh, their desire to actually take on some project like this and see it through? That's what this program does for folks, does for their kids, and uh, and to me, uh, that is a huge a huge thing. All right, <clears throat> uh, let's take another caller here. Chris, you're on the air. Of course I am. <laughs> well, it's good to talk to you, brother. Tell us about your your uh, offshore shooting event. 
Well, let's not get sidetracked just right quick. I, you're talking about the young gentleman that we seem to find in Appleseed, both young ladies as well. Uh, it seems to be in the Oklahoma side of things that we've got reoccurring kids that are dragging their fathers to the chute. And that's what happened this weekend. Three of my boys came back, and two of them stuck with it. One of them forgot his wet weather boots, so he was out there in a pair of Crocs with no socks. His dad didn't realize it till lunch, and he had to run to Texas to get the young kid a pair of wet weather boots because it was really freezing out there. But he didn't tell his dad he didn't have any boots. He wanted to keep shooting. <laughs> well, what That's the, the way. Was it, you say the kid shrugged the dad there. Was the dad, so this was like a case in the opposite direction where the dad didn't really want to go, but the kid said, hey, Pop, we're going, you know, come with us. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. And, well, I've kind of got a little incentive program in, in the state of Oklahoma for the, the kids to shoot well. And it's starting to cost me a little money with these coins. But every shoot, I pick out one child that does really, really well, and I coin them well. This shoot, there was just two of them that I I shouldn't, couldn't just give one coin. I had to give the other one a coin, too, because they kept fighting back and forth, knowing I was watching both of them, that uh, by the end of the day, yeah, they both got a patch, they both got a coin, and they're well on their way to shooting a lot better than what they did the last two apple season. That was a kicker for me. But back to what we were saying as far as the shoot was concerned, yeah, it was very, very wet. Uh, flash flooding. Bobby told me uh, Friday night that I was going to have to move my camping because the lake was going to be underwater, which he was right. I moved the camping, and then he told me the next day, you might want to move your line because I think a river is going to come through there. He was right. So we had to move the line to higher ground and... Thank God I had a four-wheel drive lifted Jeep because I ended up pulling F-250s out of the ditch with my little Jeep that could. And we had three record calls. So, yeah, the roads were very bad. And they were well marked, but Bobby also did let us come into town and uh, dry out. He saw the tents that had water standing in them, which we didn't know till the end of the shooting day that the guys that were camping, all their gear was pretty much underwater. And what wasn't underwater was already soaked on their back. Oh, man. So he so he lets you come in and use the clubhouse to dry out and get cleaned up? Yeah, he, yeah, he made a killing on the, the, uh, the bunkhouse fee that night, that's for sure. <laughs> everybody ran to town. I mean, everybody. We lost, we lost uh, quite a few of the shooters long before lunch, but we ended up having about 14 stick it out, maybe 16 total stick it out, and we ended up making seven riflemen. Three of them were... Uh, instructors just reaffirming the skills being everybody else had to lay in the mud all weekend they looked at us like uh when are you guys going to lay down and shoot an aqt so three of us instructors grabbed our gear laid down in the mud with them and i shot a 222 k98 grabbed his uh german rifle and kicked mud 15 feet in the air at the 25 meter line which was really cool for all the shooters to see. <laughs> and then dano he grabbed his center fire and rim fire and shot both of them i could only handle one AQT with my handicap and whatnot, but everybody was still surprised to see me get down there and blast 222 out like it was nobody's business. Well, but Sunday, good. Sunday that's came, good. Sunday that's came. What, I'm just going to say that's what that's what the instructors should be able to do. Instruct it anytime one of the uh, anytime one of the instructors is there on the line, they should be able to get down and uh, and reaffirm their their rifleman score. I, I like that. <laughs> I mean, I think that yeah. I think that was a very, very good uh, demonstration for those folks at the program. 
Well, they've got more than one in demonstration long before the AQTs came out. Uh, we tried to have everything set up all pretty and ducks in a row Friday night, and then, like I said, come Saturday morning, we had to roll up the flags, we had to roll up the, the tarps, everything that we had set out for the actual pretty pretty of the event, we had to actually hide away because it was blowing away. What wasn't nailed or screwed down got blown away. But right. come Sunday, come Sunday, we ended up having about seven or eight actually show back up. Two of them just weren't going to give up. They'd been to four apple seeds and, and wanted that patch awfully bad, so they stayed till they could, till they scored, and each one of them did score. But we ran to the known distance part of it, and that's where the kids really got to have fun. Uh, a lot of the adults just basically stood back and let the kids shoot the rifles. And it was all, all in all, it was really good. Bobby Whittington, he pretty much told us if we want to have another event in better weather that uh, he'd be more than willing to let us have his range again. So we're going to try and reschedule one for not in the hottest part of the year, but preferably the warmer and drier part of the year. We're going to do the Badlands thing all over again. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, we uh, we didn't have, uh, I guess, any weather that you would call extra special weather when I did a shoot there, but... Uh, just a little bit of weather that we did have, mild Oklahoma weather, uh, ended up pulling some of the uh, the staked-in uh, target backers out of the ground. And, you know, they were staked mm-hmm. in good. You know, I, I hammered them in pretty good. These were wooden stakes. <laughs> I hammered them in and uh, ended up whipping those out of the ground and sending them out, you know, like two berms over. And uh, that was just mild weather. That wasn't anything special, so... And I, I know that the roads, the roads that uh, we drove on, they were a bit damp, uh, but it was just, uh, I, I doubt there was more than a quarter of an inch of rain on it. And yet, I was looking at those roads thinking, you know, if if we had any more water on these roads, I'm not sure that anybody would be able to make it because it's that uh, reddish, orangish kind of clay. And uh, I'm telling you, it sucked that water up. And and then it just stays there. And uh, well, it was it got so bad that we actually talked amongst ourselves, our ITTs and Red Hats, and we decided, okay, while we are trying to grade the AQT on the backer due to the fact that we can't take them off because they'll fall apart, why don't you guys tell some stories and keep the shooters, you know, gainfully employed while we try and get their scores for them? Because there was no way of taking a target off a backer without it falling apart. Right, right, and then we. I remember us going to the actual distance, and uh, oh my gosh! Now that was that was uh, that was rough. Now I'm talking about that place, the the one where there's that uh, the covered shooting. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, place sir. There. Yeah, you get off that that hill and you start walking down there to to put the targets in. That and, was a uh, lake. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. It was there was it was kind of a lake, but there were islands you could kind of hop to. To get out there, but every time your foot bo- your foot touched the ground, you picked up at least a quarter pound of mud every mm-hmm. time, and it was, uh, you know, it was a it wasn't just you'd pick up a quarter pound, and that's what you had to walk with. You'd pick up a quarter pound each time you stepped down. So after five or six steps, you got two pounds uh, mm-hmm. of mud stuck to you. So it was uh, it was certainly a challenge. Well, we took several pictures of. Equipment laying on the rifle line and half of the scopes being in the water, half the actions being in the water, and watching shooters pick them up, shake them off, clear their breach, and get back to shooting again. 
it was, it was a it wasn't nothing like Salisaw last year because Salisaw it was a warm rain. This was more of a cold blowing rain. But by the end of Sunday, they actually wanted to take a video of me trying to retrieve all the targets from one end of the range and get back without getting stuck to the back where the coverage were. And it was kind of funny seeing, you know, 10, 12-foot rooster tails flying behind my Jeep so I didn't get stuck. Well, make sure some of that uh, that footage gets to uh, uh, Mogit so that uh, she can include that in, in, the, uh, in the history and the promotions for this. Listen, also, I saw in the online chat that you guys – were short some of the purple patches. Uh, yeah. Make sure you PM me, and uh, and I will find out who has those. Uh, the if you listened to the program last week, I thought it was us doing it, but Fred said it was the Florida folks who were handling that. Yeah. So let me know what you need. I'll talk to the Florida folks and see if we can't round up some to send to you guys. That'd be nice. All right. Well, listen. Thanks for what you did this weekend and for what you've been doing uh, the rest of the weekends before and what I know you'll be doing in the weekends to come. <laughs> Cleaning my rifles, for one. i got to find the – oh, man, they're all rusty, and I've never let them get this rusty before. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that, uh, that going to an Appleseed event does is it, it lets you know how your equipment functions in – all different kinds of weather because we shoot in all different kinds of weather. So uh, if you want to find out what your rifle does in mud, snow, sand, rain, uh, <coughs> drought, etc., come to an apple seat because the minute the minute we pull a rifle out of the car, we get some inclement weather. So there you go. All right. Well, thank you. God bless you, brother. You too, brother. And uh, we'll be talking to you next week. Yes, sir. All right. Okay, area code 937. You're on the air. Area code 937. Hey, Scout, are you there? Yeah. Hey, this is Mean from Ohio. Okay, good. That's who I was hoping it was. I I saw in the online chat that uh, that you were going to call in, and I didn't catch if this was your number or not, but I wanted to go ahead and get you on the air. Welcome to the show, Mean Streaker. Hey, thanks, Scott. It's been too long since I've talked to you. All right, give us a rundown, my brother. Yeah, well, we had a lot of those magic moments in the beautiful rolling hills of eastern Ohio, but there was one that really helped frame the weekend that I think everybody would be interested in hearing about. We were sitting around the campfire Saturday night just trying to relax and get to know each other better. We had eight instructors there as well as quite a few students were camping with us, and one of our newest IITs, uh, he goes by Jeep45238 on the forum. He brought out his gear so he could show us how to cast some bullets over the campfire. So, you know, we were all pretty cold and pretty tired. The, the temps never got out of the low 40s, so it was pretty chilly that night. And we were pretty hungry and getting sore from uh, all the work we put in that day and watching that lead meltdown, having a good time. And, you know, he's teaching us a bunch of cool stuff. And then, you know, it, it hits us, and Jeep says, Back in the Revolutionary War days, our boys, when they were cold and tired and hungry, they had to sit around the campfire like this and make their ball for the next day so they could go back out and fight. They had to do this before they could have dinner or get any rest themselves. And that really hit home for us. That's right. That's exactly what they had to do. Now, some of them had cartridges and stuff, but that night 
they were making cartridges. If they were short of cartridges, they were busting up plates, uh, busting up uh, uh, glasses. Uh, you know, they uh, in in some cases they sent folks out to the surrounding towns and farmhouses to tear the lead sashes out of the windows so they could make uh, the ball for the next day. Uh, there's even stories about. Uh, <clears throat> The guys going to the surgeons' offices or, or wherever they were, uh, wherever they were working on the wounded, and having the surgeons, uh, you know, saving all the balls they removed so that those could be recast. So that's and what you want to talk. You want to talk about persistence and dedication to a cause. It's just unfathomable what they went through. You know, we put forth a little bit of persistence here from the comfort of our keyboards or sitting behind a writing desk and send some letters, send some emails. You know, our our mission is a lot easier to get this country back on track than anything they were ever forced to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, I told you that when I got ready to leave uh, on Friday and I had uh, I had my daughters hanging on me and, and crying and I'm getting ready to get weepy, uh, but the reality is, I was just—I wasn't going to go and uh, and put my life in danger. Other than on Texas highways, I mean, I wasn't going to put my life in danger. I was going uh, to meet up with a group of uh, of the the best the nation has to offer, uh, give them instruction in the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship, tell them the story, and then and listen to them. It was going to be a a nice, safe weekend, and. Yet that was tearing at my heart. I, I didn't have to experience what uh, Isaac Davis experienced. I didn't have to look at my children who were sick and uh, and possibly dying, and then look at my wife and say, "Take care of the children," because in my mind, I know I'm not coming back. I didn't have to make that decision, and that's what this program is about: is making sure that that decision is never has to be made, and doing it. Safely, easy, fun, fun way to do it. And you tell those stories and you make it real. You make folks understand what those guys went through, the guys that we're trying to honor, what those guys went through. And uh, and you get an appreciation for it, as, as I saw and I heard that you did. Yeah, you're exactly right. Another one of those magic moments that plays right into exactly what you're talking about. I was up in front of the group, and I was talking about the second strike and what happened in Concord at the North Bridge. And I always spend a good five, sometimes 10, 15 minutes just talking about Hannah Davis and what might have been going through her mind when she watched Isaac walk out the door. You know, we, we always remember and honor names like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, and people come to Appleseeds and they get introduced to John Parker and Isaac Davis, but... There's so many more that we don't even think about. What was going through Hannah Davis's mind? And while I'm up there kind of expounding on that, I noticed that one of our gentlemen shooters there, he was uh, definitely tearing up. You know, it, it, was, it was touching him. And I saw him glance over at his 10-year-old son who was proudly holding on to one of those Luther Blanchard patches that we handed out earlier in the day to the kids. And I saw him look at him and, and just tears start to come down his cheeks. You know, it, that that's the moment where, where people realize what it means to be an American and why it's so important that we get this country back on track. Right. 
right and and you do see that and i see i've seen that before several times because <clears throat> you know nowadays in our current situation and i'm talking about our current americans you have them you have so many folks and i was reading uh i'm going well i was reading part of a reader's digest story from uh, a celebrity i guess my, michael j fox knew it was <clears throat> and he his the point of his story was that the only thing that is important right now is the moment is right now the current uh the current right now situation in your in your life in in whoever's life is that you have to live for the moment that the past isn't important and the future isn't important the only thing is that is important is is you and right here and right now and i started thinking about that about how about how so many Americans think that about how wrong that is you know the founding fathers the folks that fought in uh in 1775 1776 and for the next uh, six bloody years after that <clears throat> the majority of them and you can read this in the founding fathers writing they don't talk about what was important to them right then and that day they very rarely say that what they talk about is what is important to the future of the nation what is important to posterity and we start talking about that at the apple seeds and i tell folks i go look what we're doing now is not for us the apple seeds that we're planting the apple trees that we're planting now are not for us you know the the fruit won't even be ready for 20 years they're not for us they're for those that come after you know we have a responsibility you can't just you can't just think that that you today is the end of it. You have a responsibility to your kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids, to those to the millions of Americans who you'll never see, you'll never know. But you have a responsibility to to them. And when I I tell folks about this, you can see them looking. They look right at their kids, and they they know exactly what I'm talking about. They have a responsibility to hand to their kids, to their grandkids, their great-grandkids, something better than what they got, a better nation than what they got. And they understand that perfectly, especially the folks that are sitting there with their kids. They know exactly what I'm talking about. And when I see them doing that, I know that what I'm saying is getting through to them. You're exactly right. And, you know, the, the difference that one man can make, one woman can make, one rifleman can make, you know, you have no idea what that's going to lead to further down the road. What always astounds me about the history, every single time I read it, is I start making lists of all of the things that just should not have happened, that were so unlikely to occur, and, you know, I think maybe the hand of providence or whatever someone may believe, that they actually came to pass, that, you know, Paul Revere came across Samuel Prescott in the road, and he decided to ride with them, and he's the one that made it to Concord. That should not have happened. The fact that Paul Revere could row in the shadows of the Boston skyline right underneath the HMS Somerset in Boston Harbor, that, that's probably pretty tough. That shouldn't have happened. You know, all these little dominoes that get stacked up and you pull just one of those dominoes out and the entire thing doesn't fall, luckily they all fell that day. So I tell people here, you know, if you're not quite sure about 
hanging up that one more flyer or calling into that one radio show or maybe there's that one shoot that could really use an extra hand but you know you've got your wife's second cousin's brother-in-law's birthday party or something that weekend just think about what could come from one little action that one man can take that could be the one that could be the one that makes the difference That's right. You throw, right. you throw a little pebble in the pond, and those ripples just keep going out, and they're never ending. And I hear those these stories. I hear them from from folks all the time. I mean, I hear it from you. I hear it from Sam. That that one last thing they decided to do that made a big difference. So, How many times do we see that it's that last AQT on Sunday that we just throw up when everybody's tired, but, you know, it, it gets riflement. It's the exact same thing when we're working to save the country behind the lines. That's right. Well, any special thing that uh, that you want to share with us that that happened at your event, that the, the, the thing that you wanted to turn around and see everybody in Appleseed uh, in a semicircle around you watching so you could say, here it is. Oh, are you asking me again? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah I, th those two really speak out. Um, we had 40 shooters on the line. Uh, we were in a brand new location that was just tailor-made for Appleseed. We didn't have any local boots in the ground, no promotions in the area. Uh, just that in itself with all of the families and women and children that we had on the line, looking at it at the high level, you know, that, that made me proud. That made me think that this Appleseed, you know, it's working. It, word is getting out, and we can make a difference. All right. Listen, I'm going to bring another person on the line with us. Uh, area code 812. You're on the air? It's Techress. Oh, hey, Techress. Welcome to the show. You're here with uh, CMD and Mean Streaker myself. Welcome to the show. Let us know what happened. Well, I was at uh, Nashville. Brand new range to us. We'd uh, One that we'd been working on and off and trying to get – uh, it's uh, for about a year. It's uh, literally a little field in the middle of valleys of rolling backcountry hills. Beautiful, beautiful place. And uh, we sold it out, and it was a beautiful weekend. We had a great time. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we, uh, we even had one walk-in that uh, we weren't expecting, and you know he came in. He said, "Look, I, I know you guys are sold out, but I'm I'm here with my friend, and if I have to watch, watch, but." I got a rifle in the car, and so we said, well, let's just make some room, and we got him on the line. We, uh, <clears throat> we uh, worked at 25 most of the weekend. We had youth. We had uh, husband and wives. We had fathers and sons. We had fathers, sons, and daughters. Uh, it, was, it was quite the beautiful thing. Uh, the, the two things that stuck out for me for the weekend, uh, um, one was uh, both of them happened actually on uh, – uh, I'd say there's three of them, actually. Three of them happened on Sunday. One was a, a, a shooter whom I respect greatly and pulled me aside. And he was somebody I'd wanted to get at a shoot because um, he's very well uh, respected in our community in southern Indiana. He's a person people listen to, and uh, he does a lot of training with a lot of people. And uh, I'm only going to recount this because he recounted it publicly already. Otherwise, I'd keep it private. But he pulled me aside and he said, I, I just want to tell you something. And I had a, a brief momentary fear about what he was going to say. And he basically said that, that Appleseed made him ashamed. 
And why I, I I reacted by saying what? And and he said, well, look, the shooting skills were nice. Every you know, scoring well, coming out and scoring rifleman, that was all great. But but what I have to say is, your weekend made me realize how much of time I've wasted, and how much I'm not measured up to what's been given to me. And uh-huh. that is what makes me feel so ashamed. And then he walked away. And um, it's that moment when you that's, when you reach somebody. That's a story. That that is a story that could come from each and every set of lips that uh, that are in the program that are that attend. That's a that's the same story that could come from each and every one. I, I've seen that sentiment yep. echoed before. I tell folks that uh, I tell folks that right off the bat. You know. I'll talk to them about about myself, about uh, how I got involved in the program, how I used to uh, – I wouldn't even read Fred Combs because I would get down a couple of sentences when he started talking about Revolutionary War veterans and stuff, and I, I would think of myself, oh, my gosh, please, please, whoever you are, Fred, you're giving me a headache talking about uh, Revolutionary War stuff, the old dusty – Revolutionary War stuff, please. Uh, that's that's ancient history. I don't have time for that. And when I finally, uh, years later, when I finally got connected and got into the program and got my mind right, <clears throat> now I just have a big uh, a big hole of shame for those thoughts because I don't have time to to honor. The, the people who gave, in many cases, everything, their fortunes, their homes, their, their lives. I don't have time for them. Well, what kind of a, what kind of a person is that? And uh, so I understand exactly his sentiment. I, under, I feel the same thing, the same sense of shame. I don't have time to remember them or honor them. Then I really don't have time for anything, you know. Well, yeah. yeah. If I can jump people, in. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, that that hat that says RWVA on the front of it, whatever color it is, that's an instant cure for shame and a feeling <laughs> of uselessness right there. Oh, I, I'm, uh, you know, absolutely. I, I know what yep. you're saying. Yeah. I, I do have to recount two slightly funny moments that we had, one touching and one, one just humorous. The uh, the gentleman who, who walked on was an older gentleman who uh, – He's one of those older guys who's got physical issues, uh, who tries to muscle through maybe even more than he really should. You stuck with it the whole weekend, even when he was having physical problems, rifle problems, everything. But was, even when his face was red with, with exhaustion, was really with it. At the end of the weekend, um, you know, we're, we're doing a bunch of things, and I explained that I had been sent this book. And I'm explaining the text that we use and um, how Paul Revere's ride is the core. And, and people had asked me, you know, what what book do we use? And I, I explained to everybody that this is our core. And it's a book filled with stories of people who were at the, the right time at the right place. Uh, it was filled with stories of people who, having been found in that right time in the right place, had come with a level of preparedness and willingness and 
more importantly, grit and uh, perseverance even in the face of great difficulty. And um, mind you, this is after we'd given out, you know, a bunch of rifleman patches for people who had excelled in skill. I said, you know, National, National gave us these, these great books, and they told us to, to do something with them that was special. And I didn't want to sell them or do anything like that. I, I wanted to honor the person I could think of closely represented what was in this book. And I wanted to pick some, somebody who really exemplified those three things. And so I called this gentleman up who, who had in him a sense of having failed, even though he had succeeded in all these ways. And I stunned him. He was stunned for a moment that, that I had picked him as having won in some way, uh, even though he hadn't gotten the rifleman's patch. But it was a way to let him know and everybody else know that that wasn't everything. That there was so much more to this. And it was very meaningful to him. And it, uh, and he was very appreciative of it. He also promised he'd read it. The uh, the last one we had is uh, this was the first time we we uh, we did uh, known distance uh, obviously at this range wasn't very long it was only a hundred yards and uh, one of the challenges was the entire weekend was run by me as the green hat and a brand new IIT with this first shoot that was the whole staff um, so we we had some interesting challenges just mechanically but. Uh, we were shooting uh, a series of things, but one of the things I had brought was a very small steel plate to shoot at 100 yards. And one of our shooters had brought a Daewoo rifle, which I'd never shot, and he offered for me to have the chance. And I explained that in many schools, you know, the instructors would never shoot in front of the students, but that you would never find that in RWVA. If you offer me a chance to shoot your rifle, I will be on that mat faster than you can imagine. That's right. <laughs> so... So I asked him how it was shooting and, and et cetera, and, and I showed some rifleman's cadence on a large plate, and then I shifted over to this, this smaller plate, and uh, it was hanging from a, a steel chain that went horizontal and dipped down and had a single steel link that held the plate in place. And I sailed around down range, and everybody in the audience said, oh, my God, it disappeared, which is not possible for the steel plate to disappear. But when I looked up, the chain was gone, the plate was gone, everything was gone. It was only later that we found out that what I had done is I had actually put around into the junction point of the steel chain and the linking chain so that with the iron sights at 100 yards, I had actually had perfect windage. I just was off on elevation a bit. And I dropped the chin, dropped the steel straight down. The students noticed that it's capable to do that with burn sites at 100 yards, and got the message. Yeah. Now, you, but, when you got up, you didn't say, I didn't mean to do that, right? I got up and said, what did I just do? But okay. they, uh, you're they got to the point. You're supposed to just get up and say, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's easier than taking it down later. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, now, uh, when you first came on and you said that you were in uh, – what did you say? You said the shoot was Nashville. in Nashville, and I thought that you were talking about Tennessee. No, Nashville, Indiana. Actually, right. the mailing address is Nashville, Tennessee. The actual name of the town in which the range is in is Nawbone. Okay, but you're talking Nawbone, about Nawbone, Indiana. Indiana. Yep. Okay. 
because I was wondering what you were doing in Tennessee first. And uh, oh no, 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 we had we Indiana instructors were only in three states, not four. Okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah, we sent out we sent instructors all across uh, the nation this last weekend, which almost got us in trouble by uh, by having a couple of shoots we were having to hustle to cover at the last second. But uh, yeah, we, we sent them out all over. Well, it sounds like you guys had just an excellent shoot, and uh, and the the things the special things that you mentioned are very special. Did you get a, bu- a bunch of pictures? Oh, we got a ton of pictures and. Uh, I'm waiting for the video to arrive at my door within the next 24 hours, but we actually had a remote camera downrange when we did our volley. And so we should have a, a camera a video shot that's actually in front of the shooters uh, during the volley. Okay. All right, make sure that you, uh, that you let uh, Moggett, Moggett know yeah. where that is as soon as you, uh, as soon as you get it. Okay, uh, I'm going to bring another caller on the line with us. Area code uh, looks like 530. I'm looking at very, very tiny numbers on my wife's computer. Hey, Scout, is it 630? I bet it is. <laughs> hey, Scout, it's Eel up in Illinois. Hey, Eel, welcome to the show. How you doing, sir? I'm just dandy. How about yourself? Doing great. Coming off an outstanding weekend. How can you not be doing great? Oh, yeah, let me tell you. Hey, how did it go? Uh, we were up in Waterman. I was up in Waterman with uh, a whole group of outstanding IITs and uh, a bunch of uh, dedicated Americans. And we had a great shootout on uh, on the range. They put us on the 600-yard range, and we were shooting into one of the side berms. And uh, because we were the only ones on that range, of course, we were able to march all of our shooters down, 22 long rifle and everybody down, and let them shoot some steel at 100. And uh, a lot of the shooters were very surprised and very impressed that they were able to uh, use that lowly 22 long rifle and, and start reaching out and poking things at 100 yards. Well, that sounds great. What about, uh, what about any special... Uh, special situations or special Special things? situations? Oh, yeah. Uh, one of our red hats, Gopher Boy, actually he's uh, he's up for doing some shoot and training here directly. He made arrangements to have a fife and drum group out of Kankakee come up to the Waterman shoot uh, right at lunchtime. And, you know, I call it divine intervention or whatever, but we had them start marching into the range uh, as I was given history at lunchtime. And as they came up uh, right right to where the group was seated, about the time that uh, Jesse Adair was charging on to our, our uh, militia men there in Lexington, and they stopped playing about the time that Jonas Parker went down and was being bayoneted. And I had to pause, of course, because I uh, got a little emotional there, and about the time I paused, they quit playing, and there was, there was silence throughout the crowd, so it was, it was very nice. Gopher Boy did an outstanding job with that. And then uh, the next day they went down to Bonfield where the guy was at and Gopher Boy set that up also and they were down there for lunchtime on Sunday. So they made they made the rounds of two of our four shoots and it was uh, very well received by the shooters at both shoots. Well, that sounds really great. How many riflemen? 
We made four riflemen up in uh, up in Waterman. Alton made 12 or 13 out of 26 shooters. They had just an outstanding shoot down in Alton. TC, tread carefully, was down there. Uh, I think the guy had one out of Bonfield. And I shoot from Wisconsin. He border raided into Durand, Illinois, and I think they had one or two out there. So uh, TC definitely took the cake. Uh, that may even be an apple seed record. I don't know. That's, that's better than 50% of the shooters. And uh, Illinois picked up some, some quality riflemen this weekend, I believe. Well, congratulations on, uh, on a great shoot there. I'm going to bring another caller on the line with us. And uh, I'm going to bring Jules on the line here. But uh, before she comes on, Sam, uh, go ahead and mention to the folks that are listening about uh, about how to uh, how to get to the uh, Brownfield page and sign in and let them know about that. Yeah, if, if people would just uh, go to DairyBrownfield.com and sign in on their guest book, or if they'll go on their Facebook page. And uh, just pop in and, and become a fan if, if, if they want. Uh, you know, they've been very supportive of us, giving us a lot of airtime, and we, we need to support them. People know that folks listen to the show. Uh, they pay attention to it and keep them on the air. And the more he's on the air, the more time we get. So we need That's to take right. care of them what takes care of us. That's right. They've been very, very accommodating. Uh-huh to the Appleseed program. Sam has been on there multiple times, and uh, and they've really been helpful to us. And We, we didn't ask it. either. We didn't uh, ask either. Beth came on and contacted you, right? us. Yeah, he just asked you to come on. So we want to make sure that any time somebody goes out of their way to help Appleseed, that we go out of our way to help them. That goes with the uh, Backwoods Home uh, Matt articles and with Masad Ayub's uh, his blog and article at uh, Backwoods Home and buying the Backwoods Home articles and letting the folks know how much we appreciate that. Let the folks at uh, the Brownfield Show know that we appreciate that. Anytime somebody helps Appleseed, we want to make sure that we thank them and we let them know how much we appreciate uh, the support. Jules, Scrappy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Scout. And, you know, how could you not have... uh Sam on the radio. He has such a radio voice. I mean, that's the reason. (laughs) That's right, folks. Don't touch that dial. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I have to uh, disagree with you, which I know surprises you greatly uh, regarding Michael J. Fox. I think the reason that he stays in the here and now is that he suffers from Parkinson's. And instead of looking out into the future and waiting for his body to deteriorate, um, or, you know, trying to get a big house, big car. He is with his family. You know, I could guarantee you that if he wasn't a muzzle hazard, we could probably get him on the line. But he shakes so much, we couldn't even make him a designated sniper. But he's a very nice man, and he's not materialistic at all. And um, So I just wanted to... Right, right. No, so well, we well, I'm not... I'm not uh... I'm not saying uh, that he is like the the sole person. I'm saying that I hear this, I hear it nonstop from folks that that this our generation now is the me generation. That's what can true. I what can I do can. to benefit me? What can I? I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not worried about uh, or about getting a uh, uh, about anything 
uh, other than making sure that I get what is due me, my entitled stuff. And, uh, and they're not going to worry until then everything, you know, the power goes down, the grid goes down, the grocery store is empty, and then what? Right. And, and it, then the whole so idea I'm, of the of of the me generation of let's yeah. let's use up all the money, uh, you know, in uh, in Social Security. Let's use it all up. The the money that we're using up right now is uh, is actually the money that was supposed to go to uh, our great grandkids. So what it, it's the whole idea of me, what I need now, instead of saying what can I what can I do to make sure uh, that the folks who come after me. Uh, are going to be handled well because that, if you read the the writings from the founders, from the folks at that that period in time, they constantly referred to that. They had that on their mind constantly. Look at the writings when they're talking about what they were doing and why they were doing it. Then it was because we always save the John uh, Adams quote for you know near the very end because right. that's always just go ahead tell know, it, give us give us it right now so that folks can hear I it. don't have the quote in front of me sir <clears throat> my husband what? stole it from me told me I couldn't do it when I was doing the strike well um, whenever he talks about it he says if you guys don't remember if you don't if you don't uh, uh, if you <laughs> don't think that what yeah if you don't think that what, what we've, we've done matters then so I, I hope that we had never done it. I wish that we had never done it. We're doing mm-hmm. it for the posterity, for the folks mm-hmm. that come after. And that's what their writings constantly refer to, not to we're doing this for ourselves so that we get the great benefits from it. They always talk about for those who come after. Uh, and you that's know, for uh, what we reminded them of this weekend. And we had a, I could have done with some of that water. We, we burnt like tater tots out here in California. Wow. Well, yeah, but it was it was wonderful, and we had uh, a wonderful shoot. Great bunch of shooters. We made uh, we made seven new riflemen, and it was uh, an honor to make uh, four new orange hats. And one of them was our son, and it just tickled us pink. So a husband and wife team. Um, a gal came up, and I always get excited when we get another female instructor. Um, and she just started to cry. She just said. Like you guys were saying earlier, you know, when I sit through the history and I listen, it makes me proud to be an American, and I want to make other people proud also. So this is a shout-out to Lisa and Mike Morris. They are a wonderful couple, and they'll be a real asset to Appleseed. Right. Well, what about uh, any special events? Special events. I mean, not special events, special moments during the shoot. Special moments, I would have to say that was a real surprise. Um, you know, her husband, Mike, had been shooting. He's been coming out to the range and bringing people and showing people how to shoot. And uh, for for months, he would, you know, come back from, you know, his target, very dejected looking, and I would go up to him try to encourage him. It's like, it's okay, Mike, you'll get it. And he, I've already shot riflemen about ten times. I'm trying to get a perfect 250. So he was in search of the perfect 250, and uh, we were wondering if he'd ever take his orange hat. So at the end of the day, when we were handing out, you know, patches and rockers, and all of a sudden his wife just came on up, and, and that that just kind of blew us out of the water. So he came up after her, so uh, not to be undone. So it was uh, very special. Our son, Macon Rifleman, he was very uh, frustrated uh, the, the last four that he's gone to, and so... Uh, Rod and I bought him a new uh, Ruger 1022 for his birthday and got his range bag all set up for him. And 
he got kind of frustrated during the first AQT and went up and ripped the thing off the backer and was all grumpy about it. And I said, what did you do that for? And he said, well, I've already screwed up the second, you know, the second stage. Why? And I said, because you need the practice. And that's not how a rifleman behaves. And so he sat through the third stage, and then I'll be doggone. He went down and he stapled it back up and flopped on his belly and, and proceeded. So, you know, a rifleman persists. And uh, <laughs> during one of the AQT cha-chas, uh, he happened to get a, a, a perfect 210, and we kept it from him, and we didn't let him know that he made it till uh, the very end of the day. So he just kept flopping on his belly and kept roasting in the sun and... And that's and that's the whole point of what we're doing because he's learning. He's learning how to be a man, how to be a rifleman. Yeah, not a weenie. He's learning to be a man, and uh, and he okay. stepped up afterwards, and, and he's real excited. And we hope that that would happen. That would put him in the right direction. So, all right, I'm gonna I'm going to redo the quote because I got I just got uh, scolded by V, and he was right in doing it because. Uh, uh, well, he's my uh, hero. I, man- he I mangled the quote. He said, "If I'm, if if you're gonna do the quote, at least get it right." Do it right. And yeah. he's right. So he, here it comes. And this is uh, this is uh, this is the idea, the thinking that they were trying to that that they that they were the frame of mind that they were in uh, when they were doing this and. It is all right, here we go. Posterity, you will never know how much it costs the current the current generation to preserve your freedom. I hope uh, all right well, I don't have it in front of me anymore. So, hey Scout. Yep. Posterity, you will never know how much it costs the current generation to preserve your freedom. I hope you make good use of it. If you do not, we shall repent in heaven for taking half the pains to preserve it. There we go. That is wonderful. All right, guys, we're okay. out of time. I want to right. thank, thank everybody for calling in tonight. Thank all of you guys that were online. I want to thank everybody that participated in uh, this weekend's events, over 100 events across the nation, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, never been done before, and and it was a huge success for the program. Uh, thanks, everybody, that, uh, that added their special stories to it, and uh, we will see you again on this next Tuesday night. Thanks to all. God bless you all, and I will see you on the trail. Good night, everyone.